0: how's it going leo family welcome to the first edition of 2021 of leo's on the spot i'm anthony avila athletic communications director at the university of laverne we have a very special guest for the first uh interview of the year we have women's soccer coach lauren Pahanich. coach how are you doing today
1: hi great thanks thanks for having me
0: no problem. It's great to have you. Can, can you believe it's been almost 10 months since we've been with each other in person?
1: <laughs> no, I miss you guys. It's, it's been too long. A month is too long, let alone 10.
0: Yeah, and uh, back in March, uh, no one thought it was going to be this long, you know, but we're hanging in there. So it's, it's uh, really nice to talk to you today.
1: Yeah, you as well.
0: Uh, so we've been away from the office for a long time now. Uh, during this time, where you you uh, spent the majority of your time and who have you been with?
1: Yeah, so I'm at home. Um, I have a husband who is also in the soccer industry. So he uh, works with elite um, players, so in, in the youth level. Uh, so spend a lot of time at home with him, and then I also have three little ones. So I have one that just turned five, um, and she is in TK, so heading into kindergarten soon, and then twins that are two. So we are uh, active and, and busy, um, not on the field, but active and busy off the field at home, keeping everyone healthy and safe.
0: So you're at home but this has been anything but a break for you. That, that <laughs> sounds like that's a lot to keep you busy I would, I would
1: uh, prefer to be at work, yes. I think it's less hectic at work.
0: <laughs> and it, it sounds like it's kind of with everything, right? It's, you know, it's, you're much busier, but I'm sure you love having all that extra time with your kids when during the season, you know, your coaches have a hectic schedule. So I'm, I'm sure that's a, a, a silver lining to like getting all that extra it time is. with them.
1: It's been such a blessing. I mean, there's obviously the – uh, difficulties of it, of of working and, and watching them at the same time and allowing that grace for my husband to work as well. But um, yes, just to have that extra time and, and all of those little moments and, and being present for it all has definitely been um, a blessing.
0: So you've been at home more than, than you're used to. Have you picked up any new hobbies, any new skills uh, during this time away from the office and away from the field?
1: <laughs> oh man, I wish. Um, I'm I'm becoming a a better homeschool teacher, so I guess you could you could say that. Um, other than that, not not anything really too much different. Just uh, trying to I guess maintain my own mental health and. Um yeah, just really kind of advocating for myself and some alone time, whatever that looks like. Right now it looks like uh locked in locked in my room, um getting in, getting in some work time and then yeah, just taking some deep breaths here and there and just making sure that um we're getting everything that needs to get done. And sometimes it doesn't all get done, but it's everything that got done that day. So um really nothing new, just just having a good time and um, trying to get through the groundhog day of the day.
0: So if you keep uh, pursuing that teaching side of it, I'm sure so you could talk to uh, Trevor Person, men's soccer coach, former teacher. I'm sure he has some tricks to help you out there.
1: Yeah, and he's got three little ones too. So I'm helping him out on that side, and he's helping me out on the teacher side. Yeah, we're we're in it together.
0: <laughs> children keeping our soccer coaches busy during this time. <laughs> exactly. So so obviously you know soccer, big part of your life, big part of your husband's life. What do you have a favorite sport outside of soccer to play or to watch?
1: Um. Oh. Honestly, there's not much on our screen besides soccer. I mean, we enjoy all sports, um, you know, for our, for our kids, we don't push soccer, you know, we just push an active lifestyle. Um, but other than that, I mean, my, my daughter does gymnastics, you know, so as long as we're outside and, and running around, I guess we don't really have too much of a, a favorite other sport. It's really all we've both ever known. So it's really all we ever watch.
0: All right. So when you're watching it, you have a particular league that you follow, a favorite team. Who are you watching?
1: Uh, I mean, Barcelona is always fun, you know. But we're we watch everyone from the USA women's teams, the WPSL, to Spanish leagues, um, the Bundesliga. You know, I, I think you can learn anything from from every game that you watch. So we're kind of kind of watching it all and picking up as we go.
0: Sounds awesome. Yeah. All right, coach. So. One of the reasons people like to watch uh, watch the series is because they want to learn more about our coaches. You know, they see them on the field, but a lot of them don't know too much about you besides that. So we're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit more today. All so right. uh, where are you where are you originally from? What what do you call your hometown?
1: Yeah, so my hometown's La La Mirada, and I actually currently live in La Habra. Um, so I I grew up in La Mirada and then moved about two miles down the street as an adult to La Habra. Um, went to Troy High School, so I actually tested into the tech program, um, and then went to Cal State Fullerton's, which was right right next door, so um, I guess what you can get from that is I don't, I don't like moving very far. I have uh, comfortable zones, I guess you could say, um, but yeah, I'm in, in La Habra currently.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I find it's, it's tough for people that grew up in Southern California to want to leave the area. You know, everyone's coming here for a reason, right, so why would you want to leave? Exactly. All right. So when did soccer start becoming a a bigger part of your life, something that you started to take a little more seriously?
1: From a young age, I played. It's all that I can really remember playing growing up. Um, I was a gymnast as well. So I guess the two sports that I did was gymnastics and then soccer. And at about the age of 10, I had to decide which one I, I wanted to pursue. Um, because gymnastics can be also very heavily involved, and um, I was kind of going into an Olympic program, and so they just wanted more and more of a time, and it just wasn't a love or passion of mine. I liked to do it, but it was just something that I liked to do so I could do flips on the soccer field after I scored goals. Um, But at 10, I kind of started to pursue soccer heavier. My parents asked me, and I said, no, this is what I love to do. Um, So kind of at that point, it was when I went, I guess, quote-unquote, full-time, um, I started in, in the club realm, um, just knowing that it was something that, that I loved.
0: So as you started getting older, you know, playing club, playing high school, what was that uh, college recruiting experience like for you? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you ended up at Fullerton, but were you drawn anywhere else? How, how was that experience like?
1: Yeah, it's, it's much different. Um, you know, I, I'm not that old, but um, the recruiting process has changed a lot over the last 20 years. Um, a lot of the recruiting was done more in person. I had coaches coming like actually to my home for in person visits, which doesn't happen very often anymore. A lot's done uh, electronically. Um, so it was, it was great. I was, I was drawn to a couple of different places, um, had a couple of different offers and Fullerton just fit. I think kind of going back to that comfort zone. I loved living at home, have a great relationship with my family. It's a big Um, Just source of life for me, and so I knew I I wanted to stay local. Um, And when Cal State Fullerton came in with the scholarship offer, it just it just fit, Um, and the coach fit well with me, and um, we just had a good relationship, and so it just felt right.
0: So you get to Fullerton. uh, A lot of people sometimes struggle with that transition, you know, being a star in high school club, and they get the you know the next level. It could be a little bit challenging. Was it a challenge for you, or, or were you able to kind of navigate it pretty well?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean I think it's always gonna be different and, and difficult and um your decision to embrace it is gonna be one of the biggest pieces. Um I think I, I grew up in, in an environment where it was just decided that you needed to work, that just it wasn't an option. It was just kind of a way of life. Um and I think just that Uh, inner strength, I guess you could say, of mine, which is something internally that I just did well. Um, And so getting to that next level and being asked more than I had ever been asked before, just just pushed me and just made me excel. And so for me, that challenge, um, as as challenging as it was, wasn't something that was, I guess, a fear of mine. Um, I, I embraced it, and I took it, and I think I really flourished with it.
0: Has that kind of been typical with you uh, anytime you kind of encounter new challenges that you you, you hit them head on or are you always or anytime a little bit fearful at the start of that?
1: Sure. I think, you know, when it's me personally, I, I try to hit it head on. I don't have too much fear behind it. Um, I think sometimes when it's more like of your children and it's other people's decisions that are lives that, um, you're making decisions for, there's a little bit more to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's also just kind of a way of life and, um, myself and, and my husband, I think have a similar personality in that way. And we can come together, uh, when it comes to our children or just our lives and our paths, um, and, and just work for it and really kind of go through it and together.
0: So you're at Fullerton. Uh, you have a great career. Uh, three-time All Big West. You when you finished when you left there, top ten program history goals and points. Uh, what was the actual playing experience like for you there?
1: Yeah, unreal. I mean, even just saying, I don't even remember. You know those statistics and. I think it's always true, you know, you, you're playing for those statistics, but then when you leave and it's, you know, so far down the line, like I don't remember my stats, I remember the feelings, you know, I remember um, just the passion and, and the teammates and, um, you know, just the environment of it all. So playing there was awesome. Um, I actually played in every single position. So I was one of those just versatile players. I actually only uh, played attacker my junior year and a couple games into my senior year before I I was injured. Um, So I always, you know, told my coach, like, if you would have had me playing as an attacker in my freshman and sophomore year, look at, look at what my goals could have been. So I actually came in as a, as a center mid um, outside mid, and then actually played center back my sophomore year because there was an injury and um, he needed help. And I stepped in. So I I just loved being a teammate, you know, I just loved being on the field um, and just competing overall and the experience was awesome.
0: So you talk about right there, not, you you know, you, in the moment, maybe playing for some statistics, playing for a win, but you remember the feelings. Is there a particular game or particular moment that that really sticks out that it really brings, even now thinking about it, brings back those good feelings?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say in my in my junior year, it was actually our farthest year that we got. We got into the sweet 16s um, of the NCAAs, which, you know, I mean, there's only two more, three more games there, and, you know, you're you on to it. So um, th- that was incredible. But this was an at-home game. Um, it was to get us into the NCAAs, and, and we needed a goal. We were um, down, and there was a minute left, and, you know, they threw everybody up. We had a um, a free kick, and ball came in, and they got an awesome pitcher, and, you know, I'm, so, I'm such a fan of it, not, a, like, a huge fan to, like, toot my own horn, but at the end of it, this pitcher is awesome, I'm, like, up above, like, three girls, I'm in the air, and just get a header back in the net, and just the crowd erupts, and, you know, you're just running over, and you're high-fiving everybody, and, Just, I mean, those feelings, you'll just, you'll never live down those feelings. And whether it would have moved us on or not, or whether it would have been a preseason game, you know, obviously there was a heightened um, awareness because of what type of a game that it was, but just being able to do something like that, you know, for your team um, and help to to carry them on to what's next was just awesome.
0: So... You have that experience as a player. Uh, you've had some of those as a coach as far as dramatic finishes, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, last second goals. We had uh, one last season against St. Catherine right yeah. there at the end. How does that feel in as a coach compared to as a player?
1: It's oh, a great question. Um, I, I would say no different, you know. I mean, there's, there's the difference of you as a player being able to physically um, be the one that does it. Um, So there's a little bit, I guess, of helplessness as a a coach, you know, where you are doing the training in and out and then feeling like um, you've put in the work in the training sessions and then kind of being a little hands off during the games to to see how they do. Um, But the feeling itself, you know, when when that goal is scored or when that dramatic ends, I mean, there's no difference, you know, just that idea of being proud, whether you're the athlete or being proud that you're the coach. I mean, that that doesn't change.
0: You know, and obviously you put in a lot of work into coaching and, you know, there's highs and lows. Do, do those, you know, feelings of exuberance kind of at least justify for you, like all the the grinding that goes into it to to get to those kind of moments?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, um, one of the reasons that I do coach is because it's such, it's such an applicable, um, it's just so applicable to life, I guess you could say, you know, in, in life you are grinding and, and working to, to get better or, you know, to work towards something and um, there's going to be highs and lows in life, you know, just like there's going to be highs and lows on, on the soccer field and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm such a, a preacher of that, you know, especially to the women, you know, this is just it's such a small um time for them you know a season of, of, of three months you know and then you don't know if you're going to get next season you know and so in those three months there's so many conversations that we have about how this specific situation is a life situation it's so much more than you know the the soccer ball inside um you know the field and pitch
0: so going back to your college career you said uh you got injured going into your senior year did that put you out for the whole year, part of the year? What was the situation there?
1: Yeah, unfortunately it did. I was um, a game away from being able to redshirt. So it was my last game to be able to redshirt for the year. Um, yeah, so it unfortunately, and it was still only preseason, so I hadn't, I wasn't able to have any type of conference games. I think it was only four or five games in. Um, I felt on the top, you know, of my game um, scoring-wise. It was my second year going in as an attacker, so it was finally – um, just a little of consistency, I guess, with my position as well. Um, and so I just I, I felt ready and, and really excited. And um, unfortunately it, it happened. It happened while I scored a goal. So I always like to tell that it was a good way to go out. Um, got up, you know, had a volley in and just the way that I felt and landed and just tweaked the knee and yeah, it took me out for the season.
0: So Injuries are, are always devastating, especially when they're season ending, but, you know, into a season, uh, your senior season, when you're, like I said, you're building up, finally feel like you're at the top of your game. Yeah. That sounds like that can be even even more particularly devastating. True. How do you deal with that situation, you know, being around your teammates for that year and then kind of, you know, maybe coming to terms that you might not play soccer again after that? We, we know you eventually did, but you might not have known that in the moment.
1: Sure. Yeah, it was, it was life altering. You know, I, I think most student athletes, especially right now with everything that we're going through would say well, when something as big as your sport is taken away from you, you really have um, some digging to do on on who you are. You know, um, we preach a lot about being a student and an athlete and you aren't just an athlete, but being an athlete is a big piece of you. You know, it's a lot of times um, what's helping you stay in the books and what's keeping you focused and um, just making you overall happy. You know, we we all love the sport that we do and it just helps us mentally. Um, So yeah, having that taken away, especially feeling at the height of um, my career um, and not knowing like what you said, what was next. um, Yeah, it was really, was really devastating.
0: Uh, So how did uh, your, your team kind of help you out during that situation? Obviously, you know, you're you're one of their impact players. Did your team really come around you during that time?
1: Yeah, my team did. I think my coaches did a great job as well. Um, ultimately, it, it came down to me and having to make the decision on, you know, if I wanted to be involved or not, um, being a, a captain of the team my junior year and then also my senior year. Um You know, it it never really was a choice. Like I never really looked at ever walking away from it. Um, but it was a decision I had to make every single day just to mentally show up and and be there for my team. Um, and you know, it definitely led me to where I am today and what it is that I am doing, kind of getting that. Um, on the sidelines coach experience as a, as a captain. Um, and so I'm glad that I made the decision. But I mean, I can tell you there were countless days that I would leave the field, you know, away from everybody and just take some, you know, good time to just break down. Um, because we all need it, you know, and and it's and it's healthy. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to be there for my teammates. You know, I, I kind of said before that that's kind of what I lived for. I lived for the game, but I also lived to be there for my my team. Um, and even though I wasn't healthy, uh, it didn't mean that I couldn't show up and and help them to to be at their
0: best. So uh, going into your your season senior season, did you have uh, a particular? You know, post-graduation aspirations of mine, did you want to keep playing professionally? Did, was coaching in your mind then or was there something else uh, altogether that you, that you had uh, thought of to do after after you graduated?
1: Yeah, and honestly, not really. I, I had been coaching um, during my collegiate career at my alma mater at Troy, um, just to kind of put some, some extra cash in my pocket. Uh, not necessarily because I loved it at that point. Um, for my senior year, I mean, I just was so focused on having a great senior year. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about professionally. I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do and get paid for. Um, and I knew I wanted to continue on in some sort of master's program in education, but just didn't really know what, but my primary focus was just having a great year, um, for myself and then also for my team and seeing if we could surpass that sweet 16 round.
0: So when did, uh, playing professionally after you graduated come, come to happen? How did that Yeah.
1: I think that was a lot of my my mental process uh, during my injury. Um, So having that ACL injury, um, choosing to stick around and and show up for the team every single day, you know, that was – it was – that was selfless, you know, that was something that I was doing for them. Uh, And I think I I realized I needed to do something for myself and what that was, was the rehabilitation process. And I needed something to work for. Um, And so a teammate of mine had previously gone overseas to play and uh there we had just an open pathway and so that was my goal you know I, I think i do really well when i have goals in mind that i can work towards um i think a lot of people do and so for me my goal was to to play professionally and so what i needed to do was to rehab um, and so once i started to go through that process i started to have those opportunities open up to me overseas
0: that's so important what you just said you know that you, you showing up every day being there focused and mentally that was for your teammates but you have to do something for yourself mm-hmm. you know i think people in that situation a lot they tend to think oh if i'm thinking about myself i'm being selfish or you know i gotta worry about everyone else but you, like i said it's, it's really important you gotta you can't take care of someone else unless you're taken care of exactly. um, especially being injured as a senior you know if you were a junior you mm-hmm. would have a clear i need a rehab I need to be ready for next year you know you could have just called it quits there and said well i'm, I'm not going to play anymore so was that a, a very conscious decision? Like, I know I need to focus on myself. I need to make sure I'm okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I was aware enough at that age to know that I wasn't okay. Um, and, and having that being taken away from me, I, I needed something back. So again, kind of going back to it, I wasn't, um, it was never an aspiration to go play professionally, but as soon as I got hurt, I knew I needed it for myself to end it on a better note um you know and, and to have it ending in in that way having it literally being taken away while i felt like i was at, at my peak at my prime um was really difficult so doing that for me you know and going overseas and having that experience especially having lived at home um my other four years it was it was a really big decision for myself
0: so you you want to be able to give yourself the opportunity to to end on your own terms right to you wanted to be able to make the decision, okay, now now I'm done with this part of my life. Yeah. So so tell us about that overseas experience. Where'd you go? Who'd you play for? I mean, was there a big culture shock involved?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I went overseas and played in Germany. I played for, um, I played in the Bundesliga. Um, they were called Guter thousand 2000. Um, it was Awesome. I mean, I think anytime, especially overseas for soccer, it's going to be a culture shock. I mean, they just live and breathe it literally over there and so being a person who is so passionate about the game to go and be surrounded by everyone else who's so passionate about the game I mean there's just soccer constantly I mean you walk down the street and there's a pickup game and then you walk down the next street and there's you know 10 fields so I mean it's just it's just everywhere over there Um, but then also just the ability to kind of get out of the house a little bit and um, I guess in terms kind of grow up and you know I was already 21 and um, just to have that kind of time away from my family Um, as much as I love them. It was great to kind of get that alone time and um, just kind of recuperate. You know, I had had, um, rehabilitated with the knee and now I was able to play soccer professionally, um, earning some money, living in a great place, traveling on the weekends. Um, And yeah, it was just, it was a really alive point um, for me Um, and something that I I would always look back on and really appreciate the decision that I made to go do that for myself.
0: So so as far as on the field and you're playing professionally, what what was that like for you? Was it, like we said, going from club high school to to college is a big step up. What was that step up like going, you know, for people who may have, you know, also been playing their whole lives, but also been playing internationally or, you know, people that are professionals?
1: Yeah, Sure. Um, you know, I, I think the majority of the women that I was playing with were either my age, maybe a couple of years um, older or a couple of years younger. Um, And the level was was pretty similar. You know, I I think in um, the United States of America, um, especially playing Division one soccer, I mean, we have some of the best of the best, um, you know, and so most of those women are the women that are going overseas a lot of the time to play, you know, so even though the culture was a little bit shocking with with the passion and the energy, um, the soccer wasn't too much different as far as the level. Um, Maybe what they asked us to do or the style of play was a little bit more direct as what I was used to, um, especially in Germany. Um, But as far as like the level, it was it was pretty comparable to to what I had seen.
0: So as far as living in Germany, was there any particular moment where, you know, there's obviously, especially now, uh, there's, there's more and more similarities between, you know, European countries and the United States. There's McDonald's on the corner and the Starbucks across the street. But there's still moments where you're like, oh, I am definitely not at home anymore. Are there any moments like that that stuck out for you? Um,
1: I mean, trying to think. Um, I, I guess the fact that they eat a, a lot of like kind of like baloney type stuff in the morning, which was really, really weird and interesting. Uh, I remember one time they used a lot of Nutella as well. Um, I remember one time asking for jelly, like with my peanut butter and, um, that blew their minds because they had never heard of peanut butter and jelly, um, which was, that was pretty shocking. Like no one on the bus had heard of a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So, um, probably that was, that's the one that just comes to my mind right away.
0: <laughs> so so how, how'd you like adjusting to kind of the German lifestyle over there? Uh, you know, it was, uh, I'm assuming, you know, the soccer part was great but was also difficult to come home because you, you really started to get accustomed to living over there?
1: Um, a little bit, but I, you know, I was, I was ready by the time, um, it was time to come home. I was ready. Uh, obviously the language is, is difficult German language. I think it's one of like the top three languages in the world. So, I mean, I was picking up some things, but, um, would never call myself fluent. Um, so that was a pretty big barrier, but most of them spoke English really, really well. Um, and it's also really cold I came home in the winter uh, and I think it was like negative degrees a couple of times and they play soccer in the snow you know it' there's they're again like I said I mean they go for it so um, I've never had my feet so cold before in my life you know I, I always kind of um, kind of prided myself on on my touch and uh, you can't feel the ball you know when you can't feel your feet so (laughs) there was a good couple of times that I was like I I don't know what to do it's a it's negative degree here so I was ready to come home
0: okay so you're making that decision to come home uh what was going to be the next step for you there
1: yeah and actually the the reason that I decided to come home was because I got a phone call so got a phone call from now Cal State Fullerton there was a, a coaching transition so The assistant coach who I played for became the head coach um, and we always had a really good relationship. Um, He called and just said hey I have an assistant coach position open you know do you want it and while I was overseas I was doing my master's degree um, in sports psychology and so I was still involved at Cal State Fullerton um, and it just it just fit. I was I again felt like I was ready to leave that chapter um, of playing you know again it was on my own terms I knew it was something I didn't want to do for long Um, kind of got that season in and under my belt and ready to move on Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do next Um, and then when that coaching opportunity came I I jumped on it Um, because of again that time that I had in my senior year that I just kind of fell in love with it and, and could see myself doing it just didn't really know how to pursue those next steps.
0: So, how that first first season or first couple seasons as an as assistant coach go for you?
1: Yeah, they were they were wonderful. Um, you know, I, I always try to mentor uh, young women who are stepping into um, positions with with other young women. I think it's it's hard and it's difficult because you know you're maybe twenty three and you're coaching twenty one year olds, sometimes twenty two year olds or twenty three year olds, um, and so there's definitely a, a balance that you have to take. Um, you know, of, of listening and, um, you know, knowing what your role is and having conversations with your head coach and figuring out, you know, what he or she wants from you in that role. Um, so it was very humbling. I, I listened a lot. I, I learned a lot and um, stepped up when he thought, you know, that, that I needed me to step in.
0: So, uh, as you're going through those first couple seasons, does it ever click to you like, okay, this is actually now what I really want to pursue full time, or were there still other things you were considering, or uh, were you just like locked in at that point?
1: Yeah, I think in my first season, I I fell in love with it. There, there wasn't anything else that stuck out to me that I wanted to do. I, I think too with. Um, finalizing my, my degree um, in sports psychology, which was, again, something else that I was really interested in and, and possibly pursuing more. Um, but the more that I coach, the more I realize, you know, how much sports psychology is coaching and how much coaching is sports psychology. Um, and so just continue to fall in love with coaching and, and what I could do in that role. It's so much more than just the coaching aspect, you know, you or at least the coaching soccer aspect, you know, you're, you're coaching people, you're, you're, coaching life.
0: So you're at Fortune for a few years. How does the University of Laverne come on your radar?
1: Yeah, I, I was there um, for another five. So I felt like I was had spent basically a decade of my life at Lorton, um and. Loved it. But honestly, the head coach was kind of starting to push me out um, and said, you know, I, I think you're ready. You know, you've you've spent your time here. You know, I've I've taught you what, what I know. And um, if this is something that you want to do and want to pursue, then you kind of need to start branching out a little bit. Um, and, and Laverne came up. And honestly, I just was kind of applying around um, and Laverne started to stick.
0: So you get to Laverne, you get the job. What is kind of your your first reaction when you're, you know, sitting behind your desk or get onto the field? Is is there a what have I gotten myself into feeling? Is there, you know, because anytime you start a new job, especially in a new role you haven't been in before, there's a little bit of an overwhelming feeling. So what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, um, it was. It was definitely overwhelming uh, having that understanding that now I'm the one that's fully calling the shots, you know, as an assistant coach. Um, You get to hide behind someone, you know, as the head coach, you don't, you're the one. Um, And also being young. I mean, that was eight years ago now. I mean, I got it and yeah, so I mean, I was 26. um, So I was, I was young as well. So, you know, again, coaching as a head coach, um, being 26 years old, coaching some women that are 22 years old. So having to um, make some clear and, and consistent boundaries, but also not, you know, wanting to come off in a way that is unapproachable. Um, so that that year was that that fine line for myself, you know, wanting to um, let the women know that I'm I'm there for them to help them and help to guide them. But at the same time, you know we aren't we aren't friends. You know we um, there's still a there's still a coach student athlete boundary here. Um, and doing that with only a couple of years between us um, was 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 difficult. But I, I think I found it.
0: So you'd come from a background, you know, Division One professional, and then you coach Division One. What was the transition like? Going to a D three institution like for you, where you know, d one. Obviously, you still have the the academic portion of it, but in mm-hmm. D three, it's even more emphasized. You know, people aren't there on scholarship. What was that transition like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, on it, to be honest with you, I, I tell everybody this that um, you know my initial my initial plan was to go from an assistant coach at D one to go down to Division three um, head coach to now work my way back up to Division one as a head coach. Um, and I just fell in love with division three. I mean, obviously eight, nine years later, I'm still here uh, and don't have any plans on, on going anywhere. Um, Yeah. I just, it's just different. Like what you said, just the, Um, the focus of it you know who the student athletes are I mean obviously division one you know they're they're passionate obviously they're they're doing it but it is it is a job you know you are being paid to play Um, and just you know the different attitudes of division three players I mean they're here just because they love it you know and and that's it and they can walk away from it you know at any time and not have anything affected by that Um, so to also to just the uh, academic piece that that I love and and I get to I feel like have a little bit more of a relational piece with the women, um, than I would if I was at a division one where it is a little bit more job like, um, because I saw that, you know, I, I saw what it's like to be a head coach at a division one. It's, it's very job like. Um, and I, and I like to have those relationships, you know, I like to let them know that I'm, that I'm here and that I care for them. Um, you know, and then what can I do to help them? And I feel like I can do that better at the division three level. It's a better fit for me. Um, at this step and in, in this place in my life.
0: So you said that initially in air quotes, you know, moving down to D3 and then back yeah. up to D1,
1: yeah.
0: uh, not, not a, a perception that's unique to you. Is You find like a lot of people who are only around D1 who don't have, just don't have any experience with D3 yeah. perceive it a little bit differently until they get down and until they get into that level. Yeah. So what would you have to say about D3 that most people on the outside probably don't expect from it?
1: Yeah. It, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer now, being at Division Three, that you have to find the right fit. That's that's what it should be about. It should be about the fit of the individual and what you're looking for, because the experience is different. You know, I can I can honestly say that I have and had um, in previous years Division One athletes. You know, you're an athlete and then you can compete at that type of a level, but. I have had and have those individuals that just want more of a well-rounded experience want to be able to go um, and do the internships want to be able to go and study abroad um, you know want to be able to just have those different um, aspects in their life that you can not at division one you know I, I again lived it and breathed it i mean you're on the pitch consistently you're in the strength and conditioning room consistently at the division one level um, you know, and, and, when you're not in the classroom, a lot of times you're in the classroom because you want to be on the field, you know, so you have to get the grades so you can be on the field. Um, whereas I feel like at division three, you know, yes, you love to be on the field, but you're also pursuing what it is that you want to do in your life. Um, and so I just love that focus, you know, of, of the student athletes and, um, again, just the environment that, that they bring, you know, and so when, when I recruit, you know, I, I talk a lot about the fit, you know, I, I try to talk a lot about that idea of, You know, don't, don't look at it as levels of one, two, and three, look at what it is that the experience is going to give you and and where you're going to fit and be the most successful.
0: So talking about that fit, what is the kind of athlete that you're looking for to fit into your program and to the university of Laverne?
1: Yeah. Um, we look We look for a lot i mean obviously there 's going to be the basics you know can um are you athletic you know how are you tactically and technically so we 're going to look for all those things soccer wise um, but then we 're also looking for for the human being, you know, we uh, spend a lot of time with these individuals um, and I wanna make sure that they're a good fit for myself and they're a good fit for the program and and the women, Um, you know, so we're looking at, you know, their competition, do they compete consistently day in and day out, you know, that's not something for me that um, you can negotiate, you know, that's just something that you need to do. You need to be able to compete and wanna make yourself better in every area. Um, We also look at just communication, like, can you communicate? We need you to communicate. Um, we need you to communicate for yourself. You know, again, I'm a really big advocate for advocating for yourself. You know, how are you, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing for yourself? You know, what do you need to do for yourself? Um, and if we don't have that type of relationship, they're not going to be able to communicate that with me. So I want to make sure that they know how to communicate, um, and communicate well, and we'll teach that also to them throughout their time here. Um, and then just simple things as far as being respectful and, and humble and, um, you know being able to be with diverse people in a diverse place and being able to adjust to it and adapt and flourish you know we have so many different women from so many different backgrounds and different places um, and different ethnicities and, and that's what it should be because that's what our world is you know and so when we bring all of them into one place it doesn't mean that there's not going to be um, problems that arise but you know where I think my job comes in is making sure that um, they are well balanced and well educated enough to be able to communicate about those problems and to arise from them and for us to all move in a positive direction so um, besides the soccer piece of it you know we're we're looking for them as as people you know and making sure that they can come in and, and help us make a difference and grow with us.
0: So, so moving back now to kind of where we are today well, oh, actually, let's go back to 10 months ago. You know, we, we find out that, you know, uh, everything in person is canceled. You know, we have to go uh, work from home, study from home. But at that point, you're thinking, okay, we're, we're going to be able to play in the fall. Sure. And then later comes on, okay, well, we're going to be able to play, but we're going to play in the spring. And then it comes that, no, the, the season is just canceled. So yeah. you've had, you know, along with, you know, every other coach, one of the most challenging years to manage a group of people, a group of, of young adults. How have you been navigating that? How have you been trying to keep your team together during this time?
1: Yeah. Um, Gosh, I mean, honestly, the the first word that comes to my mind is just like listening. You know, I've just been trying to listen and trying to make myself available to listen. You know, um, a lot of a lot of check-ins. You know, a lot of just again how are you's and the hope is that the relationship that I've developed with these women before um it's now really tested right now it's now okay do we have that relationship where you can come to me if you need something you know whether that's academically athletically or or mentally um you know and we've we've really I think grown over this time because of how virtual we have to be you know so um I think just really listening and and what they need you know like just the other day we um kind of did a poll on you know okay this is these are our ideas for um the spring it is our our third now virtual season so you know we've done this and we've done this and we've done this and obviously there are limits to what you can do Um, you know what has helped you what hasn't helped you you know be be open and honest because right now we're at the point where all we want to do is is help um, you know, so what has helped, what hasn't, um, you know, how can we be better for you in these areas? Um, and again, I think it just goes back to, to listening and growing. I think this is a new time for everyone. You know, we've no one has ever experienced this. Hopefully, you know, we'll be out of it soon and won't have to experience it again. Um, but I think just having uh, the humility to, you know, admit that this is a hard time for me. You know, I know this is a hard time for you. And, and yes, we are all in this together. How, how can I help? You during this time.
0: One of the things that I really enjoyed, you know, early on in this process, is uh, your team was doing Instagram challenges. <laughs> so sort of a fun way, like you were saying, one thing you look for someone who can compete. So a fun way to kind of compete. You're doing it on your own, but you're doing it virtually. How did that come about?
1: Yeah. I, again, I think we were just trying to be creative. Um, I, I think one of the things I miss the most about being on the field is the competition. You know, there's it's hard to compete virtually, you know, there just isn't that same um, feeling, you know, so I, I miss the field. I miss, you know, tackles, you know, I miss giving them a challenge and seeing them arise from it or failing and then coming back the next day and and doing it again. Um, You know, so I think we are just like searching as, as a coaching staff and we're just like, what can we do to um, just kind of, you know, instigate some type of, of competition here? Um, And so that was that was what we came up with. And yeah, it was fun. And then I think in the next semester, we kind of went a little bit more into um, the mental side of things and so now we're coming into the third and we're going to get back into some competitive um, types of things because I think we see um, a window you know I think we see that light I guess at the end of the tunnel of it's it's coming you know whether it's the end of spring or summer or, or fall um, we can see that it's coming so we kind of need to get back into that competitiveness.
0: So hoping everything goes right for us in the next few months and that you know, it, it, we get to August and you're able to have your camp or able to have the season. What are some things we could look forward to from your squad?
1: Oh, man. Well, I, I think we could say honestly that we're all together and in a really good place as a team. You know, if, if not, I don't think I've done my job um, well. But, you know, I, I think, again, they've arisen to the challenge that I've set before them as, you know, taking a difficult situation and, and making something of it. Um, you know, they've, they've come together collectively. So I think we're very cohesive as, as a unit. Um, and I think especially in, in women's soccer, when there's a group of women that like each other and, and even put the like aside, you know, respect each other and are willing to work for each other. Um, you see something special, you know? So I, I think we have a great group of women and, um, I'm just excited to get them back onto the soccer field to actually start working on some soccer. Awesome.
0: All right, Coach, we're going to start to wrap it up here. I got a few rapid-fire questions for you.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, first, uh, what is the habit or quality about yourself that you think has contributed most to your success?
1: Um, probably grit. Probably grit. Um yeah i think I think like a lot of people we've had um I've had just difficult situations from you know deaths in the family to injuries to um just life situations um that we all have to deal with, and we get to make decisions every single day um uh, forget every single day every single minute you know we, we always have decisions that we get to make um and so i think Grit is one of those words that I would define myself as of, um, something's difficult and, you know, we can sit in it or um, we can choose to move forward and, and learn something from it.
0: Is there a particular professional failure that you've had that you, that stuck out to you that you've really learned from? <sighs> oh,
1: that's a great question. Um,
0: this is the business interview part of the, <laughs> the <yeah>. talk. <laughs> Yikes.
1: Um, uh, I, I think the the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask me that question is there was um, a time when I was at Laverne and. Um, we played a game, and I was just, I was overly passionate, um, there was an individual that, you know, had been consistently been doing some things, and um, as a, uh, we weren't a unit as a team a, a couple of years back, and um, something happened, where somebody said something, and I just, I just came off, and just said something to her really quickly, um, and I just regretted what I said, you know, and other people around me had, had heard what I said, um, I kind of, prize myself on on being patient. Um, I think also being a mother helps with that. Um, But I just, I came off too emotional. And I think in just looking at it, it was a a pretty good defining moment, even just in my soccer career, on being able to even in passionate moments, being really aware of what we say and, and how that affects other people. So less soccer, probably a little bit more personal. But, um, again, the way that we speak, you know, it brings life or death and makes your players either want to play for you or not. So something I truly value.
0: That's a great answer. All right, Coach, if you have to choose one head coach at the U- University of Laverne, and we're going to take uh, Coach Person out of this, <laughs> oh, as the assistant who would you choose?
1: As an assistant? Yes. Oh, man. Um Jeez, that's a hard question
0: and with respect to all coaches we all know the cooking are great but i'm making you choose one
1: okay okay i think i think i would choose um jp i think i would choose jp you know i think um I think he brings a different style and flair than I do, you know. And so when I, when I look, again, for assistant coaches, I'm looking for someone who's different than me, um, who would bring something to the table that maybe I wouldn't. Um, and, and just knowing him, I mean, he's obviously just so passionate about just life and, and sports in general. Um, and so I do also like some similarities, and some of those similarities need to just be the passion and, and love for the game and what you're doing.
0: Coach Jason Pruitt, a women's basketball coach, has become a very <laughs> popular answer. We, really? we need to start a trend. We need to get Coach Pruitt on the on the bench for every oh, team man. for at least one game. People wanna to, wanna to have him as an assistant coach. We're gonna find him a, a fall sport and a spring sport to coach. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Bring him in. Bring him in.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, and flipping that around, if you have to choose a team to be an assistant for at Laverne, who which team would you choose?
1: Ooh, great question. Um Probably football. Probably football. Um, I think there's, you know, enough uh, similarities in, in the game with just some um, just styles, you know, and and techniques to, you know, not necessarily formations or anything like that. But there's, you know, some attacking and defending concepts, I guess. Um, and I think, you know, Coach Creek knows knows what he's talking about. And so um, in all of our conversations that we've had over Um, this time together I've I've enjoyed listening to what he's had to say and um, I also think he does a really good job with the character of his men um, which is important to me so I love being flies on walls and and asking questions so I think that would be a fun team to be part of.
0: Quick tangent on that uh, speaking of the women's soccer and uh, football connection uh, last year Carly Lloyd gave a special message to our uh, the kicker on our team Mika Makakau. she was playing in a game with the just Sound, two female kickers on each team. Did you kind of get a kick out of that? She, she wasn't shouting out someone on your team, but no. she shouting out a, a student at the University I mean, of
1: Oregon. I mean, come on. I mean, you can at least give us a little love too, right? <laughs> come on. No, that was awesome. So so proud of her and just, yeah, so cool to be able to see Carly Lloyd, someone that um, is just tremendously well-known for who she is on the field and off. So, yeah, awesome.
0: All right, Coach. If you're on a desert desert island, you have to choose – one album but we don't really have albums anymore so let's say one artist to listen to yeah that's the only artist you get to choose who are you picking
1: that is so hard i mean honestly where i'm at in my life right now i would choose silence <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind silence, you know, music right now is just extra noise, um, but years ago, um, maybe uh, CCR, Creedence Clearwater, which obviously my daughter is named after them, so I, I am a fan. Um, they have some kind of rock and roll, so you can get a little pounce, but also some very mellow, so I kind of think it plays into both, depending on what mood you're in, in a deserted island.
0: <laughs> that is a very good shot. I'm, I'm a big fan of CCR as well, I like right. that.
1: Nice, perfect.
0: All right, Coach, if you had to choose one thing to improve about yourself, what would that be?
1: Oh, geez. Um, I mean, one thing that um, one of my my coaches when I played in college always said was, you know, when you know it all, hang up your boots, you know. And I've always taken that to heart. and just being a lifelong learner and obviously being a part of Laverne. uh, That's, you know, one of our staples being a lifelong learner. Um, So, Oh man, I just, I feel like there's so much. I mean, how do you, how do you choose? Um, I I actually just wrote out this week. So I guess I'll go with this is watching film more, you know, during, during this time um, you know, a lot of the focus has been on the women, you know, and and structuring and being creative um, on how to best be there for them and how to best continue to grow them, um, where, you know, the soccer side of it has really, you know, kind of taken a, a back seat, which is fine and as it should be, you know, but again, now as we kind of see that, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, I started writing down just some of that, the, the soccer areas. And for me, it's just kind of watching a little bit more film and just tactically, um, just looking at some things so that when we come onto the field, we can just be a little bit better in some of our tactics.
0: And finally, what are three words you hope people would use to describe you?
1: Jeez. Um, passionate, uh, kind, and, um, gosh, so far, humble, I guess.
0: All right, Coach. And before we, we sign off today, is there anything you want to tell the, the Leo family, the Leo community about yourself, about your team, or – or just any message you want to send out to them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess again, just that we're, we're all in this and um, hope everybody is is doing well and taking care of yourselves. Um, you know, if, if, um you know, it, it's hard right now, I think. I think a lot of us, especially in knowing so many people in the Leopard family, we're, we're givers, you know, and we tend to, as, as givers, uh, give. Um, but there's times that we also need to really just take some time to, to sit and receive. So making sure that everybody is taking care of themselves so that, um, you know, we can we can all come back together and, and be the best version of ourselves in this.
0: Awesome. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to to speak with me today and speak to the Leo family. Uh, We really appreciate it. All the Leo family out there, stay tuned for another episode of Leo's on the Spot coming out soon.